Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. Drinking's not an option today. I am over 21 years old. I have enough money in my pocket where I can go and buy alcohol. It is an option. Right. I, thankfully, today, have been given the power of choice. I can choose not to drink and use today. That is recovered. I have been restored to sanity. And uh, we thank you guys for listening on Apple Podcast app and Spotify, where you can now leave us a rating and review on both of those apps as well. We're, of course, on Google Podcast, pretty much every podcast app out there so you can get us. And uh, you can also go to our YouTube channel, check out short clips, and join the uh, premium channel, 99 cents a month, for the unedited commercial-free interviews. If you're a visual person like myself. That's right. So all the interviews of the uh, past episodes and this one are current up there for your viewing if you join and there's also clips from the videos as well so hey check it out and of course check out 5150 LTM we couldn't do any of this without them could we Uncle Mikey? We could not. The 5150 LTM lifestyle brands, hats, shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants. I got some cool camouflage one because you know I like my camo and so much more. So, hey, hit that link in the podcast description. Get yourself 20% off for being a listener of the podcast. How, Jason? Use the code KDD20. That's KDD20. And that's all you got to do. 20% off. Sick. Here's part two of our conversation with Sonny Mayo. The help, what the, ter- the way it helped me and my sponsor now was, uh, you know, he just he would say the God I do business with, and somehow that just made sense to me. Love it. Yeah, that just made sense. to yeah, me. Yeah, man. Because it makes like, sense. You know, I do. Do I enjoy going to church services? Yeah, there's some great people that. that I like it some sometimes ama- too. Yeah, some amazing, beautiful knowledge, and but when it was that, dude, it's the God you do business with. I don't. I don't care. I if, have it's, to, if it's this awesome poster right here or whatever it is, but do business. Right, but I had to do action before I could do business gotcha. with this understanding. I, I needed, um, I couldn't, I'm a finite being. I can't, I couldn't create an infinite God. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and people talk about it has to be big or it has to, you know, there's a God. All you need to know is there's a God and you're not it. And it's like, nah, man, sorry. There's way more than that. Talk to me about atoms. Talk to me about quantum uh, technology. Talk to me. Sorry, man. Yeah. This you sound like my grandfather. Yeah. You're just saying it. You're just you just smoked crack, and, and he didn't. So you're so you saying, oh, you just gotta know. It. Sorry, man. It's not. I, I need more. I'm not saying that. And, and some people go, well, oh yeah, you, you're not it. And I'm like, oh, excuse me. I never thought I was God. Par- pardon. Right. I don't know if you did. If you did, that's then you. Can, that's on you because I never thought I was God. Mm-hmm. I did, if you will, try to play God in a way, trying to control everything. Yeah, right. Trying to do things that were beyond my capacity, mm-hmm. but I never thought I was God. I was never like, oh God. So that doesn't apply to me, man. Mm-hmm. Not every. There's not a one size fits all. Even the twelve steps. When you take them, the 12 steps are this set of actions, but the person who's taking them, like if you have a bit, you're tall and lean, if there's a guy who's 5'3 and stocky, you guys work out in the same way. It's not going to, or even like Bruce Lee said, like study different martial arts because a guy who's 6'5 is not going to do well with Wing Chun and a guy who's, you know, but, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for the small guy is going to work better than, right? Almost then, where he came with the be water, the right. Of it. Find the way. Find the yeah. yeah be water, my friend. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, as I started taking these steps, man, and being open to being introduced to, because that's what it says in the book. The book. The pr- purpose of this book is to introduce you to a power greater than yourself. It doesn't even say God until the steps. Power greater than yourself that will solve your problem. It doesn't say problems. This problem, which is with the one singleness of purposes, we're talking about alcoholism, the condition of alcoholism. So I take these steps, and then and I actually get introduced. I don't have to find God. Guess what? God is not lost. I was, hmm. and am still at times. Hmm. So I took these steps, and then these amazing things started happening. Different behaviors. I started thinking about things differently. My dog, that same dog that you got to go, but your dog can stay. Mm-hmm. He got sick. I was working at an animal hospital. They started to. The, I worked at two animal hospitals at the time, actually. And he got pancreatitis. He was a boxer. He was so fit. He was like you know, big old lips. And <laughs> sweetest dog, Shay. 
and we were doing these tests and he had pancreatitis and like you know it's pretty treatable man it's a serious condition but you yeah. give him IV fluids don't feed him for two or three days everything levels out mm -hmm. his wasn't leveling out man he wasn't and I had a team of doctors who looked at me and they were like we don't know why he's not getting better and my my heart dropped into my belly I was just like fuck my dog is gonna fucking die man I was at this animal hospital where I was working I went in the back room this, this like a back room this grooming area where this water and dirty shit, you know, dog hair and cat hair. I fell to my knees. I wasn't even aware of this. I fell to my knees. I prayed to a God. I never didn't, never knew that I knew, I didn't know, didn't believe in even. And I said, please help him. And I wept and I said, please, please help my dog. Man, anything you would give me, give to him. I didn't know I was doing it, you guys. And I went back to work. Huh. Next day, his vitals start to get normal. His, about, he, gets, he actually gets better. Mm. A couple weeks after that, I'm sitting with my sponsor. He's fine. A couple weeks after that, I'm sitting with my sponsor. This, and this is where my sponsor pulls it out. He's trying to, he's like, what about this and that? And I'm like, you know, nature and the tides and the cosmos and shit. But it, nothing was like landing with me. And I wasn't really like desperate to find God. I was just like, yeah, let's talk about this shit. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, hey, how about this? When Shay was sick, did you pray for him? And I, and I went, ooh, I did. <laughs> and, I realized, and I went, oh, my sh oh God, I did. And he goes, you're going to pray to the God that saved Shay." And I went, I know exactly where that is. Mm -hmm. Where it, it, whatever. Yeah. You know where it is? Right here. Uh -huh. In the, my heart, human heart. Uh -huh. In my love for this creature, this innocent, truly innocent creature, who, I, who had nothing but innocent love and pure joy in, in with me. To say unconditional love is to say that he was a boxer and he was a dog. Right. Like unconditional, the love is unconditional by nature. If it's if there's conditions, it's affection. It's not love, right? <clears throat> or it's like whatever, right? Yeah. It's affection, infatuation. But I, I was like, I know where that is, and it was here. It's on the mountain too, and in the cosmos, and in the depths of the sea, and whatever. But it's here, and it's in your eyes, and it's in your love for your dog or your children, or mm -hmm. and me too, right? And so I was like, I don't exactly where. So I started praying to that God, dude. And then, sure enough, like a week or two later, Shay got sick again, man. He was not getting better. A week later, he was skin and bones. <clears throat> we were going to take him in for an exploratory surgery the next day. I climbed in the cage with him, and I kissed his big, stupid face, his awesome lips, and I, I chewed on his face. I love this fucking dog. And I was like, thanks, man. Thank you for introducing me to God that I spell with a capital D. <laughs> my dog with a capital G and my dog with a capital D. I mean, uh, my God with a capital D and my dog with a capital G, mm -hmm. right? Literally, whoever created the word dog and God, thank you. <clears throat> that works for me. <laughs> I'm obsessed with my dogs. So I, totally, I really am. I, I am. almost need a, need a tissue one. He's usually yeah. the crier, but when it comes to animals, that's, oh, I'm obsessed with my dog. Yeah, it, it was a tough thing to travel because uh, he had uh, his dog at home, Lola. I love it. Yeah. We got a cat and a dog. I love cats too. Lola. That's all the holy. Hello, yeah, Lola. <laughs> yes, finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly who it was. Because I always do that people say Lola and, I, and they're like, well, I'm just, I like the name. Yes. It was after the. That's exactly yeah. where we named her from. She's, she's hugging Mario. She's hugging her little. Right Mario. There. I'm obsessed mm. with this dog. I don't like coming to LA on these trips because I hate leaving her. She stays with my sister because she's a chihuahua. She didn't like anybody except me and my sister. <laughs> so that's why I'm just like, as long as my sister's there, then that's fine. But. If my sister cannot watch her, then I'm not going. Word. I won't go. Uh -huh. I'll stay home with her. Yeah. Because I won't have fun knowing that she's being watched by somebody she's terrified of. She's just miserable. I can't go have fun. I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> have not fun while my dog's, you know, suffering. Her. I just won't go. Yeah. Well, man, there's oh. that thing. I found, I found it. Wow. And, you know, so in, it's in that purest form of, of dog, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, the consciousness, the behavior, the action not just the sentiment. Mm -hmm. And I've never heard that. And the, well, the other thing you said that, that moved me and kind of helped me with some of those maybe even negative bonds or toxic things was like, you know, where it would be like somebody would tell me or me, me even telling them like, well, I love you, but, and it's like, whoa, no, it's, that's not love. That's yeah. affection. There's a condition to it. Yeah. And I didn't put anything on it until you said that. So thank you for sharing that. And I hope people picked up on that. Yeah, man. Cause that's still, I'm still learning boundaries and that part and, and uh, uh, definitely being the, you know, the people pleaser or something that's like, I don't know, your life is gonna lead you to a better place. I don't, I, I don't have to, I'll, you know, I can reach out, hey, how's it going? But I have a habit of like, here's information that worked for me. Here's it, you know, and it just, 
do this, do this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's, you know, I I'm get I'm still it. working through that, too, with yeah, my I, mom. Like, I'm oh, like, really? mom, you should do therapy. And she's like, I don't need therapy. I'm like, yeah, you do. But then it's not good. Everyone yeah. can benefit from therapy. Yeah. Everybody. I agree with that. And I, it's about finding the right therapist. Exactly. Because yeah. there are wrong therapists for you. Yeah, there, You know, one that you love could suck for me and mm-hmm. vice versa. So, yes, I, yeah. I 100% yeah. agree with that. My therapist doesn't isn't sober and she's she has an understanding but that's not right. why I'm, I'm, that's not why i'm going to therapy right i don't i've go to aa i, yeah. I, I I'm, I'm i'm clean and sober i've recovered from alcoholism yeah i'm going to her because i have trauma sure. because i have anger because i have fear because i hate myself sometimes when i wake up in the morning those that's why i'm in therapy and i, I don't need my therapist to get me <laughs> to get me sober even right. after 19 years you still struggle with that i i know i do yeah man i do there's yeah, like times you know the the revamping of the past you know and and it's the more time I get to, you know, recalling of man, oh, Jesus, I treated that woman like a piece of meat. And you know, I was, you it know, comes up for someone else to fulfill me. Oh, and, buddy, you, you got some way more coming so for you. It's like, <laughs> oh, I, you, I, you should read, you know, you should read some of my journal stuff. You know, thank goodness I have a woman that's just full of grace in my life now. But it's like, yeah, some of it that comes up. It's, We're human, bro. There's yeah. a guy called Bob Timmons who, if you ever read, like, uh, scar tissue or heroin diaries or, oh, or yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Cornell he worked with Aerosmith this guy yeah. Bob Timmons was um, instrumental in helping these guys get sober back in the day and, and helping um, yeah because uh, he worked with the crew just before oh you do know who Bob yeah, Timmons doc, is yeah Dr. Feelgood and yeah. yeah yeah uh-huh, yeah yeah and he said to me one day man this is when I had I mean I had like four years I think he, he passed away when I had around five or six 2005 I think he passed away 2006 anyway um, I was hating on myself one day I was like Bob piece of shit and he's like Sonny Sonny he goes bro the best we can hope for is to be human hmm. and he said that and I went oh man so I'm an alcoholic and I've been so clean and sober for 19 years does that mean that I don't have any problems <laughs> no you know what it means I'm a normal person uh-huh. I'm, a, I'm normal I'm not a normal drinker hmm. but I'm a normal person in fact in the big book it says about on the, in the 10th step, it says about uh, living life and being able to actually have sanity return. Because mm-hmm. sanity returns when we take these steps and we get to step 10 and continue to do this thing. If, you know, if I do the stuff, the things that are said in the book, they happen for me. I don't always see them until I look back and go, oh, that was happening for me. But in step 10, it says, for by this time, sanity will have returned. If we're tempted by alcohol or anything else, we recoil as if from a hot flame. Mm-hmm. So I can, someone can say, hey man, do you want a drink? And I go, no thanks. Probably that's what I probably said to you back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. Just like if they said, hey, do you want some some uh, half and half in your coffee? And I don't drink milk, so I go, no thanks. Mm-hmm. I don't go, no, I'm vegan, I don't drink. Although <laughs> some vegans do that. Uh, a lot of vegans <laughs> yeah, do that, yeah. Hey, do you know how you can find, you know, you know how to tell if somebody's vegan? No. Uh-huh. Just wait like ten seconds; they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> or does CrossFit? <laughs> yeah, that's the CrossFit. other one. Vegans, boom! Right. That's exactly right, bro. That's the third one, bro. I did. What would be a third Yo, one? We, we talked about it in the car. What oh, did shit. I say? Well, well what did Bitcoin. I said? I have what did you come up with? <laughs> oh yeah, crypto. Sober. Maybe sober. Oh okay, okay, yeah, sober like, too. So it's like I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan. Gets worked in everything. I do CrossFit. Gets worked in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sober. sober. I'm sober. Oh, it gets well, worked into everything. I don't drink. Yeah. I think I've well, noticed oh, that man, too. My foot hurts. Yeah, I've my noticed. foot hurts, but not as bad when I was in my addiction. When I was in my addiction, I was just like, what the fuck? Where the fuck did that come from? What would, does that have to do with anything? Would you stuff something in your mouth? Or, the other thing I've seen it though is is when I have been in a setting and talking with uh, like a social thing at someone's house. It happened. Jesus, what was this? A couple months ago, and we were talking about spirituality, our differences, and 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 you know. Hey, Carl, I don't remember the dude's name. He's like, oh, I'm an atheist. So atheists do point it out, too. They will throw it out there. You That's know? true. That's they'll, true. They'll they do talk out. about it a lot as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting better about that, though. I don't bring it up as It's not like much. it's a bad thing. I'm glad you're sober. Right. You can talk about it. I, I, I don't th- care, but I, it, it gets brought up all I think I do it with you you're because, also, because That's I new, trust man. Him. Under two years? Sure. And That's, I don't say like, will you shut up about it? No. It's like I embrace. I'm like, good. I'm it's glad a new no. way of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I and, and I see when I was when I when, sorry when we Go met, I, he didn't know because yeah, I didn't right, say it. Right, right. Because right. I was, I, it was just part of the, my deal. Yeah. Well, sure. and, and no. you know, my assumption too, you know, being whatever twenty something I was, rock and, and roll, and, baby. Yeah, and and he, yeah. you know, you stepped in when we met. <laughs> when you, 
slugs all over the mirror. <laughs> you know, but, but when you stepped in to For you know seven dust, yeah. like I had hung out with those guys. Woo, Vince so had I. I. Vince, Vince, and I were were drinking. Oh, buddies Vinny, you hung out with the boss. Yeah. So I mean, that was a, like they did a show. It was when Seasons came out. We had a show for the radio station I was working at at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz. Him, me, and then a dude I worked with. We sat up, and Vinny pulled out the huge bottle of Grey Goose, and my buddy Ryan goes, uh, "I'll be the driver tonight." And we finished that fucking thing. And here's the sun coming up, you know. And Mikey, was, Vinny, with Throwdown. Yeah, and Vinny's Vinny from, from Seven Dust, the oh, bass, the bass player. player. Gotcha. We met and when I joined Seven Dust. When Clint Lowry left, I joined Seven Dust for three records, and then Clint came back. But uh, I had partied with them too, like Snot and Seven Dust. Oh, I'm sure. Toured together, and we were like, I rode when we toured one time. In fact, it was funny. We toured. It was Seven Dust, Snot, and Head PE. Ultimately, that was 1997. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I played in all three of those bands at different times, obviously. Right. Uh, but with I would ride in Seven Dust bus more than I would ride with Snot. Uh. Yeah, I was the guy who could find the. Uh, oh sure. The yeah. booger sugar. The devil's yeah. dandruff. Yeah, the devil's dandruff. But that was a lot of my first, you know, exposure so, to it. Yeah, but. so you're like this guy part, probably. Yeah, parties. that's what I just assumed. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I've sat Fair here assumption. And, and had drinks with all the guys, you know, previously in the band and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But hey, shout out to Clint. I had to tell them, like, his ways too. I had to tell them, like, don't, you don't, you guys don't have to worry. You can have booze on the bus. If you're going to smoke weed, maybe just do it in the back. And so cigarettes and weed were in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had been trying to help Clint for a long time sure. and so they had actually been and I'm sure Clint would talk about this they would go out of their way to like dry bus and then <laughs> Clint would go to somebody else's bus and drink yeah. Yeah. so when I joined the band they had like some like oh, the, oh god another sober guy this, uh, right, or right. you know is he really sober and so but I really was and then Clint got sober and then came back yeah. but I was like y'all don't got it you don't have to tell people I'm sober you don't have to talk about it like it's just it's like again it's like saying you know i do crossfit right right like you don't got to bring it up right. you know like people don't talk about their little intimate things or whatever lifestyles right. unless it's needs to be addressed i was like you guys don't worry about me just act act as if mm-hmm. it's y'all be adults i'll take care of my shit yeah right. right i'm the one responsible for me staying sober or not y'all no one else has to do it my friends don't have to stop doing what they do like you don't have to stop i may choose to stay out of it or man, you know, I'm gonna hang out because I, I I can hang out. Yeah. In fact, there was a couple times like we did a snot reunion in 2000. I think it was 2009. We played in uh in Vegas one night, and I hung man. I like I like hanging out. I don't really gamble, but I like hanging out mm-hmm. and having fun. And so at the end of the night, most people, including my girl, were hammered. So I load my girl into the bunk. Everybody else is getting in the bunks, and I realized the front the the door to the front lounge was open, and the front lounge was empty. And the door to the back lounge was open, and the back lounge was, lounge was empty. Everyone was in their bunk, except for me. And I was like, I'm the hardcore <laughs> motherfucker here. I'm hardcore. In fact, one time with Seven Dust, we were open. It was my last tour with Seven Dust in Australia. We were opening for, uh, for um, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We opened yeah. for Ozzy. And, oh, Zach was on one in that one. Uh, and... Uh, so we were playing shows with Ozzy. So we opened for Ozzy at this arena in Sydney. And this guy that I know um, who used to be, well, I don't know if he still claims it, but this you know famous country artist who may or may not have been from Australia uh, talked about being sober at some point. Yeah. And I would see him sometimes, and I was like, hey, I'm going to Sydney. He's like, you got to go to the Good Day Cafe, bro. Go to that meeting, 7.30 a.m. on whatever day. And so we, I played opening for Ozzy one night. The next morning, I get up at 6.30 a.m., grab a coffee, and I know Sydney pretty well, the inner har- I mean, the harbor and shit like that, I've been there a few times, so I knew exactly where to walk, and I went to this place called The Rocks, and the Good Day Cafe was there, and you go downstairs, and bro, it was so dope. It was, you know, you guys know that Australia was like a penal colony, like yeah, Captain yeah, yeah, Cook yeah. was a monster, mm-hmm. killed brown people, because they're whatever, and so, but they had these like, and it was like prison people that would go, you know, prisoners, and so there were bricks laid in this basement that had people's names in them from like huh. fucking 18 whatever it was so it was so cool and so anytime somebody in that meeting would say this is my home group people it was it was at this place called the rocks which was the good cafe in the rocks which was like this big granite slab that, that they first started to settle in back when the colonizers came and so anytime you say this is my home group they pound on the table and they go solid foundation solid <laughs> as a rock and they did that and i was like oh i want this to be my home <laughs> And so I asked, can this be my home group too? And they went, solid foundation. <laughs> and so I'm walking back to the hotel 
And I'm thinking, those dudes, Benny's probably still up drinking. Those guys are probably passed out until 2 p.m. I am the one who's hardcore. Uh-huh. That's not hardcore. What the, what I was? It's like self destruction. Yeah. But it's not hard. It's hardcore. Uh-huh. Discipline is way more hardcore than oblivion. This is true. Yeah. And it's a hard, discipline over oblivion. It's a hard thing to acquire, but it can be done. And it's all. It's it's you know it's fundamental, like reading. Yeah, and I'm not bragging. I'm a no. fucking human, and I might be vegan, I but I'm not that. that but I'm thank you. I just want to make sure that. I'm, I might be vegan, but I don't, don't take it that, yeah, I don't way. Take that way. I don't eat. I'm not only always eat healthy. Right. I love ice cream, man. That's a really good fatty ice cream by this company called Lewin's. There's this pistachio and a mint chip. It's so fucking good, dude. I'll, I'm gonna eat a whole pint when I get home. Tonight. The good kind of ice, not like that yogurt stuff. No, oat the milk. ice cream. Ice oat cream. milk. Oat milk. Oh. Oat milk. Got you. Sorry, vegan. Yeah. It even says it. I don't think I knew they made it with oat milk. I'm sure they had ice cream that appealed to vegans, but I didn't know oat milk. Cashew milk, coconut milk. Oh yeah, huh. soy. I'm not into soy. Even almond. Yeah, I'm not I really. I like soy. I love almond milk. I'll do coconut. Have yeah. you done oat? I have not. Bro, I hate soy milk. Bro, step into the oat milk realm. I'll try. I'm down to try it. Out. Give it a try, yeah, yo. Right. I'll give it a try. I usually like, usually like like coconut milk creamers. If I'm Me too. Coffee. But then I found this one called Sown. I think S O W N. Uh-huh. Bro, because I would do this the so delicious vanilla French vanilla. Uh, I'm sure this is really interesting. French vanilla <laughs> right. um, coffee creamer, and then my niece who's vegan uh she was like check this out dude and there's it is oat milk and it is so fucking creamy and yummy (laughs) i love coffee too i do i do a lot of caffeine more with sunny mayo coming up including those fun random questions what he's doing in rock to recovery where he's actually going out to treatment facilities and working with people that have either addiction issues trauma issues and they're actually creating music regardless of their skill level plus fun random questions and sunny leaves us with words of inspiration 5150 is a lifestyle we believe in pushing yourself finding your passion knowing your dreams and working hard and always striving to make those dreams your reality we believe life is too short to sit back and say what if go after it grab it and make it happen being 5150 is committing to that long hard road that road you know is going to be tough but the most rewarding that's living the madness that's 5150 if you're living the 5150 lifestyle then celebrate by rocking the goods so listen up there's a special deal for listeners of knocking doors down go to 5150ltm.com and enter code kdd20 and receive 20 percent off your purchase that's 51ftyltm.com so gotta ask like how did you, you know how'd you meet Wes rock to recovery oh my goodness. man well, and I'm pretty sure I've met him, but I'm pretty sure I was probably not of sound mind then. Potentially. Knowing me, backstage yeah. at shows. Right, so then, all right, so going back into the 90s, I was in Snot. When we started to play in Hollywood and get into like the, the more southern scene, because we were from Santa Barbara, L.A., and then we started to get dipped down into um, Orange County and stuff. So actually, when I first moved to Santa Barbara, I don't know, it was a month or two after I moved here, we went down to see Deftones mm. play at a place called, um, shit, what was it? So it was in Long Beach, like bottom of the hill. Or, that's in San Francisco. Yeah, bottom of the hill. Yeah, I saw Denko Jones there. I did Fucking see De- awesome I, We played with Deftones. Snot and played with Deftones there. That's awesome. I like to see Danko Jones at the bottom of the hill. The, God, he's amazing. A oh, foothill. Anyway. It's called the foothill. Foothill. Long yeah, Beach, foothill. I know what you're yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for going for that with me. So no, I, I actually know what you're you talking know the place. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went there, and we went in, and there was 12 people, including us, the four or five of us that came. And the band that was opening for Deftones, who at that point, Adrenaline wasn't out. Lynn had the demo and was playing. I was like, God damn, this band's fucking good, man. It was original uh, with Chino with the like real sad, sweet, sexy mm. vocals over the heavy guitars. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Like That was new to me. I was like, damn. And we went, and this band was opening for Deftones called Head P.E., or it was called Head at the time. They didn't have the PE yet. And there's a rapper and there's a DJ who's doing sparks off the damn dirt turntables and, and the guitar player's doing crazy whammy pedal shit. And I'm just like, oh my God, we got to go back to the fucking lab and get crazy. We got to get to work, y'all. Mm. And then Deftones came on and I was like, oh my God, what are we, whoa, we, we got to go. We got to get to work, right? <laughs> and so I saw Head PE or Head before, I'm obviously before I met him. And then it, we ended up ultimately, both bands were doing well and then we ended up playing shows together and started becoming buddies, and then we, we paired nicely together. And so um, we would we would bring them up to Santa Barbara, they'd bring us to Orange County. This is how we did it, man, back then, was 
Santa Barbara, we would meet bands like System of a Down and Incubus, and I don't think we did it with Cold Chamber, but there was a band called Manhole, which is Terry B. Um, and then there was uh, like all these bands, um, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, uh, System. Yeah, yeah. So we would we would trade shows, including Head PE, right? We would just trade shows. Are you come to Santa Barbara, and we would sew people out. People come to Santa Barbara, and they were just like, "Oh my God, this is great." smoking hot chicks everywhere free <laughs> drinks ecstasy I mean it was so rad dude me and Darren uh, both did ecstasy one night we played this tiny place it was about as wide as this room maybe twice as deep called Alex's Cantina and we were I mean literally on ecstasy playing it was so killer anyway that was that's when it worked it, it wouldn't work that way anymore it turned into me smoking meth and squatting in Hollywood losing my teeth so um and it would return to that I mean, it's yeah. just not it doesn't play happen. it out Sonny, just right? play it out just doesn't happen again like that um so uh <laughs> where the fuck was i just <laughs> we were we were i was talking to how you met Wes. Wes, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we were we would trade shows and then so when it came down to it we everyone we all got record deals around the same time we started touring and um system of a down did it right they held out we jumped it like at deals i mean we got a good geffen deal or whatever but those guys did it right they had a killer manager and still have a killer manager um so and that's just another like oh man we were so desperate to just right. we're just gonna get in the van and, and system was like we want to have a career and plus we're the most unique band pretty much that's ever come around yeah yeah, yeah like anybody sound like that no not before and people might try it now but it's like you're no. gonna fail yeah you know you can't try you can't do it so um I became buddies with them and we went on tour a few times and I would throw down. We went on tour in Europe together when I was in Amen. I would ride their bus and shit and just, I mean, just throw down. So finally, when it came down to it, uh, when I had 10 months sober, I got a call from BC, from Head PE, and he's like, hey man, what's your party What's your party situation? Because we partied together. And I was like, I've been sober for 10 months. He goes, cool, you want to join Head PE? And I was all, sure. And so I joined the band. Turns out Chad had left the band, the one guitar player, right. and Wes, uh, was still there and Wes and the singer were not on good terms and that's why one of the reasons one of the reasons that the guitar player left Chad um, and I came in all fucking clean and sober and again I could hang man like this was 10 months in and I was like you know I was doing alright man I would I'd, I'd set my boundaries if I needed to but I really didn't need to the singer man he would he took over the back lounge as many singers do which is kind of what the, what they do and I go alright you're the singer you whatever we need you to be on point because you're the face of the band, so sure. do your thing. Your instrument's in your body, so to a degree, you get. You, we're gonna let you do what you do. We need you to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I can tune my guitar, and break, if I break a string, I change it. If you fuck up your voice, you can't, What you know? And so I'll give you some props. And so that dude was so cool, though, and he smoked weed, smoked weed every day. I mean, literally, Nate Dogg, Snoop style, smoked all the time, and he was so cool. I go, hey, Jared, man, you know, I'm sober, right? So every day, I, I have a spiritual practice, man, so, is it okay if I use the back lounge for like 30 minutes a day? And he's like, absolutely, man. And so he's like, just as long as I can get like 10 minutes to, you know, get out. And I'm like, got it. And so each day, it was usually in the afternoon because we played late and I get up at one or whatever, eat some food and go, hey, Jared. And he go, cool. And he would bail out, do whatever. For, and all I needed was 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I would read um, like three meditation books, um, daily, like daily readers, like a Daily Reflections, which is based in AA. Um, Emmett Fox, which was, I was doing contrary action because I, didn't and still don't believe in the Christian God, although this Jesus guy interests me, the, the things that he said, yeah. or that people say he said, and the stories of a that are told in some of the uh, more Eastern uh, doctrine or the more, uh, Eastern scriptures about a man who traveled over there, who was from the, the West and meditated and shit, you know, maybe for 18 yeah. years and all this stuff. I don't know if you know anything about that stuff, but that interests me. And But I was doing what's called contrary action, so I was reading some Christian-based uh, albeit a scientific view of Christianity with Emmett Fox, I was reading some of that stuff, and I had a Bible that I would read the Proverbs. Um, I would read whatever day of the month it was. I would read that chapter. Proverbs are rad, like a way of living. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if any, you know if you yeah. guys are familiar, but mm-hmm. it's rad. Um, and so, and that, and then there was another like 365 Tao. Like I had a Taoist book, and I'd read those, and I would meditate for 15, 20 minutes every day. And there's a bong right here, and there's a styrofoam cup with cigarette cigarettes in it and uh you know some and some beer cans over here and i'm sitting there going <sighs> meditating for 20 minutes and you know i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i don't fear evil i wasn't afraid man mm-hmm. i was able to do it and i did it for uh 15 years my first 15 years of sobriety i toured yeah um there was a couple times where it was like yo 
like when somebody was chopping lines up behind my head and I was like, yo, do me a favor, tell me you're going to do that and I'll leave or get in the fucking back lounge. Yeah, yeah there was a couple of buddies that I won't name them, but they were, I was like, what the fuck are y'all doing chopping shit behind my head? And they were like, sorry, man, you know, we're drunk. I'm like, cool. Uh, you are so go in the back lounge you yeah. dumbasses yeah. um that happened once and then um the only times there's been two times where i i was actually um i was actually like really uh probably close to drinking um and i was uh and i and i didn't really know until i went oh my god the first one was completely unconscious i had around three months sober i was on sunset strip right. i'd taken my girlfriend's sister to see a show because i had, had a hookup with the roxy and I didn't want to see the band, so I walked around and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the hustler store and and um, get a coffee <laughs> and get a coffee and look at magazines or whatever." They have a very nice periodical section. <laughs> I'm sure that's why you were there. Yeah, really was, but they also have other things. Uh, so um, I went down there and I'm coming back up the hill and I see on the rocks the bar on top of the rocks and I, I'm like, "Wait a minute, Melody's working tonight. She'll totally. I'm gonna go have a drink." And then I went, "Oh shit, I'm sober." Like, oh, <laughs> like I for you know forgot or yeah. And I wasn't like, oh man, I want to drink. But I was like, oh, bing, I'm, hey, I'll yeah. go see the homegirl. And she'd been sober for years already, but she was a bartender. And so I was, and I was like, oh shit, I'm sober. Instead, I'll go and talk to her because she's sober. And so I went and hung out, hey, what's up? And talked to her for a few, went home. And then there was another time where I was uh, acting, um, acting out, uh, um, you could say, uh, against my true nature. Uh, I was not doing well on the road. I was acting out with women, and uh, I was so clean and sober, but I was not being, uh, not. Uh, I'm trying to be as general as possible. Um, I was fucking around on tour, yeah. and I almost drank because of that. Sure. Um, I'm so grateful that I didn't, um, but I was, yeah, I was on the, I was at a breaking point, and I almost drank, and I didn't, I fucking called it off, and like, called my sponsor, and was like, dude, I've been lying this whole time, I gotta get honest, and I got honest. This is when I ever had around seven years, and um, I changed. I was, I was, I was literally was changed. Like I'm still that guy. Like I, I'm single, and I'm not trying to get as much. I'm not trying to just go out and bone as many chicks. I want. I actually want like real yeah. connection. I've had some sex, maybe more than some, maybe less than others. It wasn't, you know, like most of like, 49% of it was amazing. 51% was kind of like, oh, I could have done without that. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, ironically kind of having that conversation <laughs> on the way down here. It's and it like, could be 51, 49, depending on how, you know, it could go either way. Depends on the day. Yeah. Depends on the day. <laughs> so, yeah, so you go way back with Wes. With Wes, right, back so, yeah, to Wes. So walk, rock to Dude. recovery, man. And so I ended up playing with the head PE, and he actually was not sober. And... Um, I was still hanging with him. Like there were nights where he was on was he was on blow and just was like yakking my ear off, and I would just be sitting there hanging out, or I'd go to bed if it was time to go to bed. Mm. And um and he and the singer ultimately got in a in a pretty gnarly battle, and he left the band, mm. and then I was the only guitar player <clears throat> in the band for a while. Uh, ultimately, I did not like where the direction of the band was going, and I look currently see what the, Jared's been doing for the last few years, and I go <laughs> glad I did not stick around sure. for that. Excuse me, um, and so I left the band, and I went back to work as a vet tech man. And, then, and a, a few months after that, uh, I get a call from uh, actually maybe about a year after that, I get a call from Morgan Rose. Jan in fact, it was January nineteenth, my friend Whit Crane's birthday of two thousand five, and uh, Morgan Rose goes, "Hey man, <laughs> what's your party situation?" <laughs> Yeah. Anybody who's seen any other podcasts with me, this is it's, this is you'll hear this because this is my story. Yeah. Morgan's like, "What's your party?" I go, "Man, I've been sober for three years." He goes, "Cool. You want to join Seven Dust?" It's always a drummer, and they always ask me what my party situation is, and then they ask me to join the band. Um, and so I was like, "Yeah, sure. It sounds good, bro." Sent me the demos of the or the pre-production of the record that I was going to go start recording with them in eleven days. That was what next, right? It was next, yeah. yes. And uh, a list, like a set list of the songs that they do. So. Within 11 days, 12 days, uh, I was in Florida doing a record with Seven Dust um, in um, Orlando, or uh, yeah, uh, around Orlando. And that was killer, man. And now, it, to, to tie that in back with Wes, I stayed in touch with Wes because he ended up getting sober. And so we would stay in touch with each other. We were friends, you know, we'd stay in touch with each other. I was in Seven Dust doing records. I was going to meetings on tour. It was killer, man. I had a great time. Seven Dust, I mean, besides touring with Whitfield Crane of Ugly Kid Joe, who's my homie, who's like 
god damn i love that guy i got to see the world with that dude and he was actually at the time doing an experiment on himself where he was like what would happen if i didn't drink or do coke or smoke cigarettes and exercise and what happened was his band got back together did a record and he now has a band again they're yeah. not they're not like killing the game but they do records they tour they yeah. do you know and he gets to live his rad life which and i love that guy but besides that playing with seven dust was my favorite touring because those songs are i'm built for that shit it's so fun it's, and Vinny was my was my partner in crime especially on stage yeah and Vinny's the one that partied the hardest and i was clean and sober and i'm i mean i'm probably closest now with clint i mean i sure. am not it's not probably i am closest with clint you know the guy that i replaced and then replaced yeah, yeah, me yeah. just ironic or not but uh i loved touring with those guys man it was so fun man you know jumping fucking 18 feet in the air and just best way i could put it to people that don't it's like a fucking drum core that just ba 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 and it yeah. just hits you and when you go and see it i remember the first time i saw them finally saw them live seasons album i just got my first tattoo and they opened with black so that you know yeah. when that dun, 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 kicks in so i got this huge sweaty dude grinded into oh. the tattoo on my shoulder and it's like fuck it i'm at seven dust let's go yeah yeah but that was great i mean shoot i think i saw you play with them eight or nine times excellent so you we, know. Were, we were firing on all cylinders right yeah. then too yeah we were some great shows we were killing it yeah yeah that was so fun so um after uh after clint came back i went to school and blah 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 and and wes had gotten sober um and let's see i think he was in corn in 2011 right touring with corn and now um uh uh you guys know who tommy vexed is yep so tommy had gotten Tommy by wolves right he tommy had hit bottom on my floor in venice in 2009 so he was sober for a couple weeks a couple years excuse me and i was sponsoring um the drummer of in this moment so and tommy went on tour as to sing a song within this moment every night it was a single they had mm -hmm. on this tour on this tour of uh, music as a weapon corn yeah. disturbed seven dust in this moment mm -hmm. and so we had a bunch of sober cats on that tour wes clint um tommy and the drummer of in this moment it's jeff fab he's now he plays for for black label society i'll just say his name jeff fab he's rad um and so they would have meetings and they would on on the road and they would call me and i would they put the phone on the table and have a have a meeting and we call ourselves the sfg the saint francis group i have a sfg tattoo on my leg because we would uh do the saint francis prayer at the end uh, of the end of the meeting you guys know the saint francis I prayer i don't have it it's the one that's like uh um uh, God, make me an instrument of your peace. That where there's hatred, I might bring love. Where there's wrong, I can bring the spirit of forgiveness. Where there's discord, I may bring harmony. Where there's doubt, faith, despair, hope, shadows, light, sadness, joy, um, and on and on. It's a really rad formula, actually. It's like very scientific in my view. And so we called ourselves that. And so I stayed in touch with those guys. And then this is a fun story, too, because our buddy, uh, a year later, uh, our buddy Randy Bly was arrested in the Czech Republic. And so instead of going online and going, free Randy Bly and all this, fuck Chuck, we did a, what's called a gratitude list. So we did an e gratitude email chain and we included Randy's email in there. So we just sent 10 things every day that we were grateful for. So all these sober musicians, including Randy Bly. Lamb of God? Yeah, yeah. Lamb okay. of God. Sorry if anybody didn't know. Lamb of God singer. Um, and then when he finally got out of the fucking Czech prison, um, he got his email and he's like, good Lord, what's all this? And so we started an email chain for St. Francis Group, and we've added to it. There's other guys that I'll leave nameless who are in the group. And, um, and that's continuing to this day. We still that's do it, cool. and it's huge. And we, set, we have meetings. We have Zoom meetings together. And so I stayed in touch with Wes through that. Now, in the, in the uh, subsequent years, uh, I did join Ugly Kid Joe. I was uh, engineering and co-producing their, their like return EP called Stairway to Hell. Um, instead of uh, Highway to Hell or Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Hell, Mikey, very clever. <laughs> see what they did there? I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. see what I see what and I like it. So yeah, I was co-producing and engineering that, and Wit Crane's like, hey man, you should go on tour with us. Dave, the other guitar player, can't tour, because he's a producer and uh, he's working. You should go. He said, don't sit in the studio and get fat. Come on the road with me and see the world. And I was like, okay. So in 2012, we went to Europe and did all these killer shows. And so I'm, again, out in the world. He would go to meetings with me. He's not an alcoholic, but he was on a little little yeah, vision yeah. quest. Mm -hmm. He'd go to meetings with me. And like, and then he'd like talk about how hard he drank. He was like, am I one of you? Am I, am I in the club? And I'm like, sorry, dude. Because yeah. you're not planning your next drink. You're not like right. obsessing on it. You're not white knuckling. 
and he's like oh man he's so funny like that and so uh, i love that guy and so uh i was stayed in touch with wes and then in 2013 or uh, yeah early 13 man my dog buckley got cancer two with two or three weeks later my dad was diagnosed with cancer um like a month after that buckley died my dog buckley who's my favorite creature in the world few months after that my dad died of cancer died from complications of cancer in the midst of that between those two deaths Wes told me about this idea that he had he's like hey man because he had gotten um uh replaced by um head yeah, came back, he in, came corn. back in corn and so he's like i got this idea bro rock to recovery and he said it and it was like a a light bulb went off of my you know, bing he's like we're gonna go in and um uh write songs with people in uh, treatment centers and mental health facilities and he's, we were specifically when he started the, the nonprofit on December 12th of 2012 so it's 12 12 12 which is kind of cool for 12 steppers we like that yeah, kind of yeah. shit mm. it was for it was really to work with veterans that was his main idea and then it blossomed from there and he told me about it in May of 13 and I was like bro I want in I have a journal entry and I'm like I want in dude like I want in and he goes alright cool I'm just starting he hadn't even started his first group he's I'm starting next month so I started shadowing him and I was still touring and stuff and whatever, but I started shadowing him and then eventually it grew and then we got some LA, we got an LA client. And so I, I launched my first Rock to Recovery session in May of 2014. And so if anyone doesn't know what Rock to Recovery is, it's a nonprofit organization and a for-profit organization, two separate arms. And what we do on both sides is we, uh, we're group facilitators. So imagine I come into a treatment center, there's a group of six people, however many, I got a couple small guitar amps, combo amps. I got like a K10, which is like a powered monitor, 10 inch speaker, keyboard, plug it into the thing, microphone, plug it, some percussion. And I sit down and we start a band together. It's not for musicians, it's for everyone. Hmm. And so, I've, I mean, I do groups with two people, like the three of us would sit here and we would write a song together. And you would play the bass on the keyboard. I don't know if you play any instruments anyway, but. I do not. No. Okay, but I would put you on bass on keyboard and write on the keys, mm -hmm. one, two, three, four and we find a bass line, we find the style. I'd get you on lyrics and vocals and I'd play guitar, right? And we write a song together. And man, what, we, what happens in these groups is magical because everybody loves music. Everyone does. Yeah. It speaks to us no matter how old, no matter what color, what gender, where we're from. It speaks to us all. It's the connection, it's the connective tissue, is music. Uh, math might be the universal language, but uh, Music is the music, universal language of love, mm. right? The co real connector, man, right? And so we write songs with people, dude, and it's as a means of recovery. And we record the song in real time. We write it and record it right there. And then we upload them to SoundCloud. So we have a Rock to Recovery page on SoundCloud. We have over 21,000 songs nice. that That's we've cool. done since 2013. Nice. Yeah, man. Really cool. It's incredible. During the pandemic, we opened up the virtual uh, realm. And so... Uh, it's more of a digital production kind of thing. There's a, a website called Soundtrap that we use that has a killer loops library. Like if we were remote, you, we could meet in Soundtrap and write and record a song in there. I, I, use, I do that yeah. mostly with teens. Um, cool. But we work with Air Force Wounded Warriors. We work with the uh, Semper Fi and America's Fund. So we do a lot of work with veterans. We work at the VA. These are mostly donated groups that we do because um, we are a nonprofit. So you can donate to us at www.rocktorecovery.org. Um, and we do this work, man. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah, no, I was curious because we definitely wanted to know more about it and maybe get get involved and everything else. So I told you guys I was a talker. Yeah. So we started it off and I was like, <laughs> you're all rock to recovery. I'm like, yeah. I did a, a uh, I got flown to, to um, Atlanta right before the pandemic, a couple months before the pandemic <clears throat> by this guy called... Um, Scott Bowling has a show called Good Company on YouTube. Okay. And he, so he flew me out there, and I was like, bro, I'm a talker, so can we start off with Rock to Recovery? Can we start with that? And he's all, sure. So we, so we started with it, because I wanted to, because I'll get going like I did, and I'm like, oh yeah, Rock to Recovery. Oh yeah, time is up, so Rock to Recovery. How long yeah. is it? It's been three hours, Sonny. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, shit. No, it's all good, man. I don't well. know if it's a gift, but I got the gab. Hey. <laughs> and so today, man, what I'd like to share too is the stuff we talked about with like long-term recovery puts us in a position where we're, we're human mm -hmm. and I need therapy. I, I want therapy, right? And especially, I, it really happened when, I, when the pandemic hit because I have coronary artery disease. I didn't even talk about the heart attacks that I've had mm -hmm. with you guys and how like through that, 
through the, that experience with with heart attacks, you know, my my um, my uh, spirituality may have deepened, but also my anxiety and depression mm. just exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm broken, man. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, like those thoughts. And so when the pandemic hit, I have five stents. So when the pandemic hit, I was my doctors were like, "Don't go around people," right? I feel completely comfortable now. I think if I got COVID now, I would whip its ass. Um, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I got the vaccine and all the shit and I, you know, make sensible choices and I imagine you guys do too. So whatever. Um, so, um, I was locked down, man. And I was at a point where I was going out of my fucking skin and a colleague of mine, friend of mine, uh, from rock recovery was like, Hey, uh, you seem really edgy. Are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. She said, how about would you consider therapy? And I said, yeah, but I've checked into some and I, I don't like who I've, I'm not, the traditional talk therapies doesn't, I'm not, it doesn't resonate for me. I got a sponsor. I got connections with other alcoholics, man, that I, I, I don't hold back, but I don't have the, I don't have something to use besides the 12 steps. And the 12 steps do not claim to solve all of your problems. Mm-hmm. It puts us in a different realm, but we're still human. It doesn't claim that shit. So I don't put it on AA to fix everything. People go, oh yeah, it's good for all. I'm like, okay, but it's not for me. Yeah. But I swear by it for my alcoholism and recovery. So she was like, what about this therapist who I had actually done a session with her? Um, I went to a session with my friend as the male, as a representation of men, because she had trauma around men. Mm-hmm. And I went there and I was like, I played the role of like a protector of her. She was molested by her dad. Mm-hmm. And so I protected her and I like beat this, hit this cube and shit. And I got to connect with this, her therapist. And so she's like, what about this therapist? And I was all, oh my God, I'd love to. And I've been doing therapy with her since May of 20. And it's changed my life. That's awesome. Brought up some really gnarly shit. Oh yeah. But changed my life. And I have tools to use that are in conjunction with what I, all the tools I have for recovery, but there's more to it. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's another realm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's, another, I find it's another it martial art. It's like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and boxing. Totally different, but I th- I find it necessary. Absolutely. I find it necessary. Yeah, and they mix they mix well. They go together. Yeah, complement. And it creates, like you said, being human. It creates more of who and what you are. It's like your style of living and conducting yourself. It's none of this shit is one size fits yeah, all. Yeah, man. What's your style? Yeah. The art of fighting without fighting. <laughs> I agree, man. I I think it's for everybody. Like I said earlier, like I feel like mm-hmm. everybody would get something as long as you're with the right therapist because yeah. there is wrong ones, but if you're with the right one, yeah, yeah you absolutely could. Yeah, there's ones that are wrong for you and then there's just shitty therapists. But That's the caveat, yeah. We ain't calling nobody out. Uh, well, I think we'll just have to do a part two because otherwise we'll know. sit and I go know, all day. But uh, Sorry, not sorry. You, you, yeah, you listen to the podcast. You know we do some fun random questions. So. Oh, oh, fun random questions. Well, oh, you yeah. get the random questions. Oh, Mike, you're up first. If they were to make a movie about you, who would you cast to play yourself? What age, though? There's different ages, right? Right now. Uh, we'll just do it right now. Because I've been getting that question a lot and I haven't thought it from, through. So we'll uh, it's the guy from um, Breaking Bad. Jesse. Oh yeah. Um, why am I trying to? Is name? he on Alpha Dog as well? Yeah. Is he? Why can't I oh, remember here. his name? He's the older brother from Alpha Dog. It is Aaron. Aaron Paul. Is he Aaron. on Alpha Dog? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's look. Because I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but I want to say that's the same guy. I didn't watch Breaking Bad either. Aaron Paul. Yep, that's. I him. can see it. Yeah. How, I can see how old Paul. is he? Seventy-nine. That's close enough. Close enough. Because I, yeah. I don't look like forty-four. Forty-two. Forty-two. I'm fifty. There you go. The forty-two-year-old can play me right now. Thanks for yeah. that's a great question. Yeah, because people go, you know, you remind me of. I'm all Jesse from Breaking Bad. Like, yeah, how'd you go? <laughs> hey, Pink Pin. Aaron Paul. <laughs> Next time I text you, if I if I need to check in with someone Ooh. or something, I'll just hey, Pink Pin, what the fuck's going oh, on? Oh yeah, Pink. <laughs> that was his name, Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, Jesse yeah. Pinkman. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, uh, you're stuck on a deserted island. Some reason you have the ability to watch uh, movies and listen to music, but you okay. only get one movie and one album. Okay. What are they? All right, one movie, right. one Fight music Club. album. Okay, I just I got it because there's, there's a bunch, right? I'm just gonna say yeah. it, but I'm not gonna go. And if it wasn't that, it would be. But I'm just yeah. gonna give that one Fight Club, and then an album. Oh God, I don't know. Oh, That's so easy for a musician, right? Yeah, You're influenced by so much different so stuff. So easy. Oh man, let's say. Um, We've let people cheat with compilations before. <laughs> but it would, I'd need different genres. I don't know if there's compilations of different genres. Maybe, um, oh, I want to go with uh, Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd. Yeah. Okay. 
I didn't know you were a Floyd fan. Yeah, I love David Gilmore, yeah. I didn't know. And that. I wouldn't I couldn't have just heavy. I couldn't I'd have to I'd have to have something dynamic. Yeah. And that go yeah. that gets heavy in the way Pink Floyd does, but it's not yeah. I got more of a serious question. Oh, um, would you rather fight one horse-sized chicken or ten chicken-sized horses? <laughs> Wait, okay. Horse-sized sure horse chicken. chicken or that's a serious question. It's as serious as it gets, bro. It's real, too, because the chicken real. can fuck you up. The horse-sized chicken. I would probably fight the chicken. Really? I think, I think they're stupid. I think I could figure it out. But the little... but The horses are smart. I know, yeah. and there are ten. There's ten of them. There's, so yeah. if you, they get you on the ground, you're fucked. And they've got they got things. Yeah. I mean, they don't have claws, but they have the, the, the hooves. They got the, 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 the hooves. Do you, hooves. The hooves. What do you call it? A hoof. Yeah. Remember in uh, remember in Goodfellas? <laughs> right. Oh like, yeah. Hey, he got his uh, what was it? Like a paw? What do we hit a deer? <laughs> it's stuck in the what is hey, it? A hoof. Hey, <laughs> Benny, looks like somebody we know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> this guy's looking this way. This guy's looking that way. This guy's like, hey, what do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. I did an Instagram post like that. I was sitting. I have my dog who was kind of looking that way, and my friend's Rottweiler looking that way. And I was looking at the camera, and then I did the uh, and I saw my picture, and then that that the painting, captured, yeah. And I put I had to put the, the dialogue there. I like this. Uh, I like this. You know why? Looking the other way, and it's like, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Oh shit! Uh, last random question: If you could have any one superpower, what would it be? All right. So I I ask this question in, in Rock to Recovery sometimes. Oh. I, I need help with it because it's one power, right? I have yeah. one power. One. Yeah. So the the power is that I go like this and touch someone, and they realize the things that they do that are cruel. Oh. They realize their cruelty, and they go, "Oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing that." Mm. The reason that I want that, and I need some I need some maybe like somebody that has teleportation powers. Is that yours? That was mine. Oh, great. Then you can help I me. I thought you were going the route that he said because he was saying healing. Mine would be healing, like healing other people, not myself. But Which no. would make me feel like a dick because I just want to teleport. I want to avoid airports and all that. But you I'm can... in New York. I'm in Texas. Well, then how you pay it, pay it, pay it forward is you teleport us to heal people. Yeah. And then I help people who are go. cruel, like people in... Dog fa factories where they kill and eat dogs. Oh, dude, I'm on wet, board with. I'll go with you markets. for that. Yeah. yeah. So you, I need you to teleport me, and I can walk over and go, "Hey, man," and they go, "Oh my god, oh, what have I done? Stop, everyone, stop killing, stop doing." I don't think that's, it'd be that calm if I went there. That's my thing. Yeah. I just want them to stop. Oh, I don't, yeah. No. I don't want to kill them. I feel you. I don't want to do what they're doing. I want to just. I want them to stop. Yeah. My hero is a guy called Mark Ching. You guys ever heard of that guy? Mm -mm. Veterinarian. Uh, Chinese American. He's American, Chinese descent. Um, but he would go. He doesn't do it anymore. Um, he would go to. Uh, uh, it's called the Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation. He would go to these countries, and pose as a dog meat buyer. Huh. And he would and he would infiltrate and he would buy dogs just to get them to fuck out of Oh, that's awesome. There. So wow. he went into literally hell. Now think about hell, people. It's this pl this imaginary place where if I, I don't know, kill myself, I go there forever and am tortured and ripped apart and burned and frozen and all the things and whatever. Well, this guy went to that hell for dogs where they were thrown into boiling vats of, of oil and water and, and, and just and they had their arms cut off while their legs cut off while they're still alive. This this is happening right now at this moment. This is happening. That guy would go there and do that, and he did it so many times. And he brought all these dogs back, and he was tortured, man. And he has wife and kids. And sometimes you go in there, and these guys are demons. Mm -hmm. And and like he would be posing, and like he got into some sketchy shit where the guns were pulled on him, and and all this other stuff. And so that dude's my fucking hero. What man. country is this in? All kinds. He went to Cambodia. He went to China. He went to uh, all these all these you know mostly sadly Asian countries. Yeah. But that's where they you know they eat dogs but I would also do it I would do it in America I would go to a factory farm where, they, where they're electrocuting pigs and they're shoving pigs I'd go over and go hey man and the dude would be like fuck I'd go right downtown LA Uncle John's mm. or uh, Farmer John's you know and I would just go hey dude and they would see the, that pigs are sentient beings they love their, their kids they don't they know exactly what's coming the cow knows exactly what's fucking going on 
That's reason. what I always said. There's yeah. those animals are smart and they know what's happening. Of course, and they're all smart. that. That's why. That's my reasoning on not eating meat. Yeah, it's right there. It's just sympathy for animals. Well, I ate I'm a shit ton. Of, well, don't worry about that. I ate a shit ton of my first forty-two years of my life. I was a. I, I wasn't. I'm not a carnivore. No human is a carnivore. That because that means you only eat right. meat, mm-hmm. and that means that you have razor sharp teeth in the back. And you have not just these canines. What am I going to kill with these? Mm. I have canines. Okay, go kill something by biting its neck and then eat it right then and there. Yeah. Go kill an antelope, buddy. Do it. And then I'll, I'll give you the props for a carnivore. You went to Vaughn's and got a tri-tip that some dickhead chopped up and ki- had killed and chopped up. You're not a fucking... I'm not impressed. Yeah. I did that shit. I used to say animals... Or I love animals. They taste great. I used to say that shit. Bacon mm-hmm. tastes good. All that bullshit, man. And I hit bottom with that. And that was around my dad dying, actually. Mm-hmm. I was literally going to see my dad die in the ICU. And I had a fucking spiritual awakening opening a menu. And I went, oh, I'm not eating meat. It was like somebody touched me and went, you're not eating meat. I went, I'm not eating meat. And it was over. It was weird and rad. But for 42 years, I ate bacon-wrapped everything. Yeah. Deep-fried fucking everything. And so... Um, yeah, man, that's what I would do. I would go to these. I'd go right downtown. I'd just go, "Hey, bro," and people would see the the how they're cruel, and they would stop mm. doing it. I had a, the biggest spiritual awakening I've ever had. I was at the Gentle Barn, in um in uh, uh, it's out in the fucking desert in L.A. Um, Canyon Country, and I walked into this, and I was vegan at the time. Or I was yeah, I was vegan um, a couple years at the time, but I walked into this barn and it's a uh, farm it's a sanctuary for um, rescued farm animals there's a bunch of them and they're fantastic all of them mm. gentle barn I walk in and I look over and there's a cow the size of the, that bed it's 3,000 pounds and he can't get up because he's been genetically bred I look over you guys I have never in my life felt like I was in the physical presence of God I don't care how that sounds to anybody I do not care how that sounds I'm not Hindu, but maybe I am. A sacred cow. Maybe so, man. But I walked after eating all of his friends. I saw that cow and I went, oh, and I and he was called Gentle Ben. And I went over to this cow, you guys, and it was places full of people and cows. And I fell on this cow and I hugged him and I wept and I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, out loud, like weeping, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I, sw- I kid you not, he leaned into me and I wept and I sobbed and I was and I and I got up. People were just like smiling at me and I went like this and I like wiped it on my heart and I was like alright man and I went about the day and I hung out with goats and chickens and a turkey gave me a hug and shit and then at the end of the night or the end of the day I saw the owner the, the founder her name was Ellie Lax and she and I was like Ellie I gotta tell you this story and I told her what happened hmm. and she's looking at me and she was like oh honey you needed some forgiveness he forgives you you're forgiven. That fucking cow forgave me for eating all of his friends. For all, literally, I was like, I'm sorry for every single thing that I've done. That and I knew that I was doing it. I knew it was wrong or whatever, and I did it. And I'm not trying to. You don't got to be. You don't got to be. Nobody has to. This is my experience. Mm-hmm. But I sure would like to touch people and have them go. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that anymore. Now, if I was on a deserted island, yes, I would eat meat. You fucking idiots. <laughs> How about this is my question to people when they go, if you were on a desert island, you had to eat meat, would you? Yes. Mm. Now, if you were in an advanced in an advanced civilization where no animal ever had to suffer to be murdered by another person so that you could get nutrition, would you eat an animal? Do you understand the question? I do. Yeah. Would you? Because in that civilization yeah i'm not on a deserted island but you're in a civilization where no <laughs> animal has to suffer i did not turn the, know this was going to turn into a vegan rant <laughs> sorry guys sorry about that you don't have to be vegan i'm just saying it's best for me <laughs> and you know every now and then i do eat like uh, uh my friends got an organic my friends have a farm uh-huh. and i saw the ducks and i saw the chickens and my friends like yeah those are the and i'm like i would probably eat something with those those chicken or duck eggs and so he made a frittata mm-hmm. and I ate a little wedge of frittata it's not a religion for me right right it's not a religion it was a spiritual thing at first but it's not a religion that's why when you said oh you're a vegan I said no no I am vegan uh-huh. I'm not a vegan <laughs> because right. then it's like well what kind of vegan there's raw vegan blah, blah, blah. sure like sure, sure, I sure. do honey and I, yeah, yeah like 
fuck off. I'm not. I'm just really what I am. It's is, what you are. That's what you are. It's a conscientious you are omnivore. You. Yeah. There you go. I'm a con. I eat whatever I want to eat whenever I want to eat it. Sure. You can't eat that. Yes, I can. I'm just choosing not to. That's why I get the question. You like can't drink. Yes, I can. I'm just not gonna. They're yeah. like all. Uh, oh, Mikey. There's nothing here. You. There's something you can't eat that, huh? I'm like. Well, I mean, I yes, I can eat it. I just am deciding not to. Yeah. For the past, I have the ability the to consume said thing. I could eat I mean. that fucking uh, pillow over there if I wanted to, but deep, deep I'm not going to do it. Deep fried, deep it might fried. taste good. Oh, you can't eat uh, that. That's just my favorite thing is, oh, crap, you can't eat that. It's like, yeah, no, I can. I'm yeah. just not. It's only been about 15 years, so I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> hey, yeah. All right. You won't eat it. We, uh, oh, wait, one more thing. One more. Go ahead. You know, I have one more. Go ahead. People say... Go ahead. Drinking's not an option today. Just like eating meat's an option today. I am over 21 years old. I have enough money in my pocket where I can go and buy alcohol. It is an option. Right. I, thankfully, today, have been given the power of choice. I can choose not to drink and use today. That is recovered. I have been restored to sanity where I go, hmm, do I want to stab myself in the eye with this pen? No. Do I want to drink that or smoke that? No. Right. Choice. I was going to ask you for the words of inspiration to close it out. Did I just give it to you? You just did. That's pretty good. That's perfect. Uh, Cool. I thought you were like, we're done. You're like, here's one more. Any words of inspiration? There you go. Yeah. Recovery. It's possible, man. You can do it. You can do it. Sunny Mayo, for those that haven't seen yet, we piled into a hotel room. We were unable to secure a bigger location. He was like, fuck it, dude, let's go gorilla style. Let's just sit down and have a good talk. And we sat and talked for over two hours. And uh, it was a blast. Gorilla style, that's what I was. I was trying to think of the word of, you know, fuck it, we just went. (laughs) And I'm trying to think of it gorilla style. It was a blast. And not only was he a sweet guy. But he introduced us to probably one of my favorite restaurants, or one of the best restaurants that I've ever been to, which is now one of my favorites. Yeah. I won't say the name, because they don't pay us, (laughs) but it was fire. Yeah, we, uh, uh, Sunny Course, as he said, uh, you know, a a vegan, and so we went and tried a vegan restaurant, never been, and uh, had a great meal and hung out, so it was our first real interview where it became a day. Well, it was a day, and you know what was trippy about this? I'm I'm not a vegan, nor is Jason's, but we're just like, yeah, it's something new. We tried it. I'm a vegetarian, so I'm I'm close, but I'm not a vegan, because I do drink milk and eat cheese and shit like that, but when I got the lasagna at this vegan place, I said, what is what's the substitute for the ricotta cheese? And they're like, oh, cashews. Yeah. And I'm like, you would have had no idea, <laughs> no idea, no idea. And it was just, it was incredible how creative, artistic the whole thing was. And this isn't a podcast about the food that we ate. I was just blown away by it. And thank you, Sonny, for introducing me to this undisclosed place. Yeah. We had a great time, and he's such a good good dude, and uh, hopefully, eventually, probably we'll have him come on back through, maybe some other people that are a part of Rocked Recovery. It's a great program uh, for those that listen that maybe have a treatment facility or you are part of one in some way, shape, or form. Rocked Recovery is a really great thing to look into. It doesn't just have to be for addiction. It could be mental health and everything. Sonny, his team, they come out, they set up instruments, and these people actually record music right there, and regardless of skill level. And yeah, so it's really, awesome. really pretty cool. So definitely uh, something to look forward to, or definitely something to look into. And uh, we just really thank him for his time. So thank you, Sonny. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you guys for listening here, either on Apple Podcast app, Spotify. You can rate us now on there. We appreciate it showing we are in the top 50 trending podcasts on Spotify right now, and that's all to you guys. So we thank you very much for those ratings and the reviews that you leave. Of course, Google Podcasts. We are everywhere you get podcasts, and don't forget, uh, if you want these uh, video full interviews, you can join our YouTube channel. It's 99 cents a month. The videos are unedited. It is the full recording of everything. There are no commercials, and it's all there for you, and it's only 99 cents a month, and it helps uh, Mikey and I with our travel costs when we go out of studio and, and do these in person. Yeah, I'm more of a visual guy. I like the YouTube, so uh, check it out. If you're a visual, 
you'll appreciate it. Absolutely. And speaking of visual, why not read Carlos Vieira's autobiography, Knocking Doors Down, that inspired this podcast all about his struggle with his cocaine addiction and more so about what he did when he got clean and doing things within his own community and trying to make things better, including starting the Carlos Vieira Foundation, those three programs that we work hand in hand with. And of course, all the proceeds from the book, 100% go back to the Carlos Vieira Foundation. And that link is in the podcast description. Uncle Mikey, anything else? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. The guests on Knocking Doors Down are sharing their stories and helping start the conversation about mental health and therefore are working to end the stigma. This is the goal of our partner, the Carlos Vieira Foundation, through their Race to End the Stigma campaign. The Carlos Vieira Foundation created the Race to End the Stigma campaign to not only change the way people perceive those who are living with mental illness, but also how those who are affected perceive themselves. The Carlos Vieira Foundation strives to support the mental health community through education, fundraising, and facilitating resources. The main program through the Race to End the Stigma campaign is a college scholarship program that encourages high school seniors to share their stories about mental health in an effort to end the stigma. For more info on this and how to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org.